Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Targeting patients with very high use of healthcare services, or super utilizers, has become increasingly widespread as a strategy for reducing costs and improving the quality of care. But do these programs really reduce hospital readmissions, a common metric for measuring the impact of these programs? One recent study looked at exactly this issue. To explain the results of this study, I'm joined by Joseph Doyle, who is the Erwin H. Schell Professor of Management and Applied Economics at the MIT Sloan School of Management. Dr. Doyle studies public economics in the areas of healthcare and child welfare. His healthcare research investigates sources of value and waste to inform policies aimed at improving the quality and cost effectiveness of the U.S. healthcare system. Joseph, welcome to the show. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So why don't you start out by telling us what your uh, initial hypothesis was going into this study? Okay, well, there's a big idea that out there about uh, super utilizers. About 5% of the population accounts for half of all spending. And it's, if you go down further, about 1% of the residents in Camden, New Jersey, where we were studying this program, accounted for about 30% of all spending. So if you could find a way to treat those patients more efficiently and hopefully improve their lives by making them healthier, you could imagine that there could be a lot of savings uh, to be had. This is a big idea that Dr. Jeff Brenner is credited with uh, with championing from the, from the start, and he won this MacArthur Genius Award around the idea, and it, it's a good idea. And so we, our hypothesis was let's take the program that Dr. Brenner started in Camden and see if it reduces uh, rehospitalization for patients, which is, as you said, a common metric for whether a program is um, has a chance of reducing utilization downstream. So Dr. Brenner teamed with MIT, uh, Amy Finkelstein, uh, Annette uh, Shu, and um, Sarah Tolman and I, we randomized uh, subjects to be in his program, this flagship program that was very influential, or in a usual care group that uh, because they had capacity constraints, they couldn't serve everyone who was eligible. So this was, you know, an equitable way to see who gets to get into the program. It provides a rigorous method to dis, uh, discover whether the program works or not. So you, uh, you talked a little bit about the, about the Camden uh, area and the, and the census that you looked at, but could you uh, tell us about the data you examined uh, more specifically and your methods? Sure. So the Camden Coalition of Healthcare Providers is a data-driven organization. They've really helped spearhead the creation of a health information exchange in Camden, New Jersey, that links the data from across multiple healthcare providers. And so that's the data they use to discover who the hot hotspotters are, who the super utilizers are, and recruit patients from that feed. And then they can also look at tracking outcomes. And so we used essentially that same data to um, recruit people, not just into the program anymore, but into the study, and then to monitor their outcomes. So that data is generally electronic health record data um, that's from the different providers in the area. Okay. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the results of your research? Okay, sure. So we found 
First, that the rehospitalization rate of people who are eligible for this program is about over the six months after being recruited, about 63% of them will be returning to the hospital. This is much higher than other studies and it's really pointing out that this Camden model is really focusing in on the most complex patients um, in their system. And then we found that those that were randomized into the program, they saw a pretty dramatic reduction in the rehospitalization rate in those six months after joining, but the control group saw the same decline. And a an explanation for that pattern is mean reversion. So if you are targeting people who have had a run-up in healthcare costs, it's natural for them to return to a, a, a lower state as just um, you get a health shock that makes you spend more and then that shock wears off and you start to spend more toward the mean. We saw that that happened both in the treatment and control group. So we, we conclude by this comparison that the program itself did not have an impact on changing the rehospitalization of the, uh, of the subjects. Were you surprised by that? I was surprised because I thought that uh, one of the goals of the program was to help patients use the healthcare system in a new way and in a more efficient way. Um, to try to prevent exactly this type of outcome. That's why it was our primary outcome because that was a stated goal of the program. And so we went into the into the research thinking, well, let's see how how effective it is. We didn't expect it to be um, ineffective. Um, we we can say a, a few things about that. So one is I think it is important, especially for payers, if they're thinking about um, paying healthcare organizations to do this intensive. Uh, program. I, I should say a bit more about the program. They have about a team of about 10 people who help patients by having multiple home visits, um, attending doctor's appointments with patients, getting them signed up for social services that they're eligible for, trying to get their lives back on track, based both in terms of their clinical needs and their social needs. So it's a very inspiring program in that way. And that can be pretty expensive. And payers want to know if we're going to shell out um, funding for that kind of preventive service, does it actually result in lower utilization downstream? And so we didn't find that for expensive care um, the, in the form of a hospitalization. We are continuing to do research in the, on this topic um, for this study to see if it affected outpatient care. And we did find that it increased the rate about the rate at which uh, the subjects were signed up for social programs um, such as food stamps. And that was about a 5% improvement in that. So it seems like they were working toward doing that, but that it didn't have this effect on utilization. And what do you think this means for healthcare providers moving forward? So this general idea that we started with, that Dr. Brenner um, is credited with, that there are these really complex patients and we have to figure out how to serve their needs in new ways in order to uh, improve their lives and save on costs. I'm still a believer in that idea. It's just that this type of program, which is a sophisticated navigator program, essentially, they're trying to teach these patients how to use the healthcare system in a new way. We found that at least in Camden, that it didn't, and for the most complex patients in Camden, New Jersey, that it didn't work. So um, to reduce the um, utilization. So what do, what do providers learn? I think that they, we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out, well, what can we do? So there are promising avenues such as housing stability is one that has some evidence backing and I think in need of more evidence base, but it seems pretty promising that if 
among the homeless population, if you can get them housed, that that can have large improvements in terms of health, healthcare spending, as well as criminal justice spending um, in ways that it could be could be worth uh, the investment. Um, the If we talk with the folks at, in Camden, the idea that they helped them navigate a system that isn't really designed to treat patients with such complex needs um, is one of their takeaways when I when we've had discussions with them that we should think about other ways to treat these really complex patients. So some ideas include ambulatory ICUs, or you know, heavy monitoring of these patients using digital tools outside the clinic to try to catch escalations before they get too serious. Um, just they, we have to have new ways of treating these patients instead of just navigating them, navigating them better toward the system that already existed, at least in the Camden context was an important topic and thank you for for moving this discussion forward it was a pleasure having you on the show today my pleasure as well thank you this concludes today's episode of the hospital finance podcast for show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital visit bestler.com forward slash podcasts the hospital finance podcast is a production of bestler smart about revenue, tenacious about results.